Good morning. It's good to see you in First Word today. We're going to continue on with our series on God's amazing people. And I am, I feel pretty confident this morning that I have gotten a hold of something that the Lord wants us to to dive into. And I believe that before the day's over with, we're going to walk out of here. Someone's going to walk out of here. And they're going to say, God, God met with me today. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for your blessings and mercies. I'm asking that you would anoint your word, that you would anoint my mouth to speak what you once said, that you would touch our hearts and help us to receive what you have for us today. And everybody said, amen. Why don't you look over at somebody and smile at them this morning. Wake up a little bit, you know, let them know you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord. Raise your coffee cup up, you know, just give them a little salute there. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Word of the Lord says that everything that happened happens as an example. That's what this was given to us for. So that we could be ready and prepared and, and make it through the, through the ends of time. So, this morning, all I've come to do is to help build somebody's faith. I want to help come alongside you today and just kind of let you know, hey, you may be going through some things, but you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Our scripture text today that we're going to start diving into is found in Mark chapter 5, And I just want to, our character is found in verse 25. It says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. We're not even given the name of this character of Scripture. It's just, we don't know where she came from. We don't know where she lived. We know nothing about her. We don't even know if she had a family, how many children she had, what occupations her children had, if she had a husband or did not have a husband. The only thing that we know about this individual is one thing. She had an issue. And I find it interesting when you go through the Scripture, there's so many people that we know I mean, if you've ever written, read the book of Numbers, you know so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so. And, and we, we can trace it all the way back. We know who Joseph's great-great-great-great-great-uncle was. We know about Methuselah. We can track who he was begot to. But we know nothing of this little woman Save one thing, she had an issue. So we're going to talk about a woman with an issue. We have nothing else to go on. When it came time to record this lady's story, the Lord said, we're not even going to give her name. We're not going to give her history. We're not going to say anything about her other than 
she has an issue. And everything that we know about her will be based on the fact, or based on the fact that she has this issue. The word of the Lord is not specific in describing the issue. It says an issue of blood. You can go back to Leviticus, and you can search Levitical law, and you can look where it talks about a woman with an issue of blood is labeled as unclean. So apparently there were places in society that because of her condition, she was marked as unclean. She was marked as marred. She carried an issue, and because there was an issue, there was a label that was attached. I hate labels. Because the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, when you get down beyond our smiling facade and our, and our Sunday best, all of us can relate to this woman because there's not one person in this room who is exempt from having an issue. I would like to tell you that I don't have any issues. My wife will tell you I have issues. If you have been married any length of time, your spouse will tell you you have issues. Brother Blake, you don't put the clothes up the way your, Brittany would like for you to put the clothes up. I promise you, you got an issue there. Because I promise you, she's looked at you at one point or another, and she says, look, what's the disconnect here? I've told you time after time after time that goes a certain way. What is your issue? I love picking on him. I love it when I have the mic because I don't have to point the spotlight back in me. It's but I'm not talking about an issue of like, you know, your OCD stuff going on where you don't do things quite right. Your brain shuts off because you're a husband and your brain, your, your brain goes here and you do this and your wife's totally different and you're op- I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about issues that we hide. I'm going to throw some examples out here. Abuse is an issue. Depression is an issue. Sickness in your body can become an issue. There are things that happen to us that create an issue or a problem that we have to deal with. And we have, we've all gotten really good at managing issues And ladies and gentlemen, when we come to the Lord, we're no longer required to manage the issue. We're supposed to give the problem or the issue over to God. But many times we've learned to live with this issue. She had had this condition for 12 years. And in that length of time, what we do know about her is she had suffered. She had suffered with the condition, and she had suffered, the Scripture says, many things at the hands of physicians. She had tried her best to take care of her problem and resolve her problem. The only problem with that was, is you can't handle your own issues without making them worse.
Brother Sean will tell you in CR, and if those of you that are in CR, if I'm wrong, you tell me. But you got to figure out what the issue is before you can recover. So this morning, we're going to dive in to our issue, whatever it is. You put the label on it. I love the fact that the Lord did not, or the, the, the writer did not get specific. He didn't tell you, well, this person suffers from sexual abuse, and that's her issue. It's, this is, boom, there it is. He says she's got an issue with a blood. It's as far as we're going to go with it. It obviously was something that both caused shame and embarrassment for this woman because she had tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to find an answer and a cure for this. And she had suffered greatly because of it. We go through things in life, ladies and gentlemen, we are really good at having issues. We live in a fallen world. And because of that, many times we suffer things because we're trying to live. We're trying to cope. I'm just trying to deal. I'm trying to make it through life. I'm trying to survive. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. And there's the pain behind the smile. Understand this. When you have an issue... It requires blood. She had an issue of blood that made her unclean. We live in a sinful world. I don't care what issue you have. It's an issue that marks us, and it requires blood. You can do everything in your human power to overcome the issue. But until you come in contact with His blood... There's always going to be an issue. She had a physical issue, but it required a healing God. I'm not against counseling. I'm for counseling. I believe in counseling. I believe that we need things, but you need to hear me. You can't put all your eggs in this basket and say, this is going to fix me because the issue is a blood issue. I need his blood applied to my life, and then whatever other tools are required for the healing process to take place. Does that make sense? She had suffered many things at the hands of people that were trying to help, but this problem required God. The issue that we have requires God, whatever you're facing. I can't do this on my own. I'm a product of what I've been through. You are a product of what you've been through. And the only thing that brings true healing and true recovery and true wholeness to you is Him. That's why they talk about a higher power when we're dealing with CR and some other things. Because I've got, I, I can't do this by myself. This little woman had tried time after time after time to try to find help to fix it, to try to get the answer, and she had spent all that she had. And it wasn't just her money that she had spent. It was herself that she had spent. 
she had so diligently tried to manage and deal and find an answer for her issue until it had exhausted her. Anybody relate to that? You've tried to overcome the issue and you have spent yourself. That spending that the Scripture talks was more than just a spending of money, I believe. It was a spending of herself. She had subjected herself to things to find an answer for the issue. And we live in a world where people subject themselves and they spend themselves and they spend everything they have trying to deal with an issue because they want it to change. She wanted it to change. David will exhaust himself, and we'll dive into that here in just a little bit, but he exhausts himself and spends himself trying to cover up an issue that his lust got him into with Bathsheba. I love how the Scripture, if you're familiar with David's story, David stays home at a time when kings go to war. He's he stayed at home, and he's walking on the roof of, of the palace, and he sees a woman bathing, and, and, and there's lust there, and he takes her, and there's an affair, and then there's word that there's not just been the affair, but there's a pregnancy. And so now David is confronted with an issue. And David begins to try to handle and spend his way out of an issue. And so he calls for Uriah. That's Bathsheba's husband. And he brings her or brings him to the palace and and he 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 devises a plan. He says, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'll bring Uriah here. I'll send Uriah home. Uriah hasn't seen Bathsheba for a while, and there will be a union in that house tonight. And then I can say that the baby is Uriah's baby and not my baby. And the scripture says it's about David. And I've I've never read this anywhere else. It says that. He sent Uriah home with a mess. Now it's talking to the food items that he's sending with Uriah to go home. He's, he's already put together a feast. He's, 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 he's taken portions of the king's provision, and he wants Uriah to go home and have a romantic dinner. But the Scripture says this, and he sent Uriah home with a mess. David's spending his way. He's trying to get out from under his issue, because now my decisions have produced an issue that I have to overcome. This woman had an issue. She didn't want anybody else to know about it. She, she was trying to take care of it. She was trying to spend her way out of it. And if you notice, ladies and gentlemen, many times when we're coming and we're talking about dealing with an issue, there's two things that are associated with that. That's guilt and shame. It can be guilt and shame over abuse that happened. It can be guilt and shame over a financial situation where there were dumb decisions that were made, and now I'm reaping a consequence, and I don't really want anybody to know where I'm at because it's embarrassing. So there's guilt and there is shame. 
the first two things that, 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 that show up when Adam and Eve messed up, they created an issue. There was sin. They ate of the fruit. They go hide. Guilt and shame caused them to withdraw and to remove themselves from even the presence of God. So when we're dealing with issues, it's important to know that the withdrawal and the guilt is my human response. It's in my nature. But the issue will never be rectified if your response is to withdraw in guilt and shame. Many times you see somebody, and we're polite these days. We don't call it a problem. We call it an issue. They got issues. You notice how they act? They have an issue. Well, I got news for you. We all have them. We all deal with them at one point or another. You may be fine right now, but I promise you, I will come, you'll come across the day when you're withdrawn and you're sullen and you have your walls up and your guard up. Why? Because you got an issue. It's your natural response. I'm going to withdraw. And I'm going to try my best to fix it myself. Because we're somehow programmed to think that if I can handle it myself, if I can fix it myself, then nobody has to know the guilt and the pain and the shame and the embarrassment that I've suffered because I have this issue. And some people can cover their issue well, and some you can read from a mile away. That's why when you're going about your day, you see people that you label, they have issues. Because you can read their, their mail. And the reason that you can do that is because your, your envelope's a little tighter on you than theirs is on their, their mail. Theirs has been torn a little bit. Their envelope's been shredded a little bit. I hate getting mail. That looks like somebody just threw it out of the truck, ran over it, pulled back forward, ran over it again, and it's just a mangled mess of something that was addressed to me that was supposed to have been for me. It's kind of like somebody opening. I don't want nobody else opening my mail. That's my mail. Now, with that being said, I'm the world's worst about running to the mail, but oh, somebody got some. I said, Tara got out of the car today. <laughs> but don't mess with my mail. That's, that's, that's my, I told you I had issues. Sometimes you can look at somebody and because they've been through things in life, their mail is easy to read because it's been run over, it's been tore up, it's been shredded, it's been opened two or three times by other people. So you're able to pick them out and you say, bam, they got an issue. But we all have or are going to deal with an issue. That's why this lady's in the Bible. Mark chapter 9 pulls out an interesting story about a young man and it's a go-to scripture for us. We love to go there, and we love to, to, to read this 
especially when we're talking about spiritual warfare. But I, I want to I pull something out of this this morning that got me. Several years ago, um, I heard this, and it, and it really has stuck with me. The disciples are, are faced with a situation. There is a boy that's brought to them, and this young man has an issue. There's a spirit in him. And, and the father brings this boy to the disciples, and they are doing their best to pray over this young man and to see deliverance and to see this spirit removed. And nothing budges and nothing happens, and their prayers seem to be falling on deaf ears. And Jesus begins to make his way to where this boy is. And the, and the Lord says, or the scripture says, that as they begin to make their way, his way there, the, the, the father begins to come to Jesus and he's, he's broken and he's in tears. And he makes this statement about this boy. He said he oftentimes has cast himself into the fire and thrown himself into the waters. And, and Lord, I believe you can do anything, but you're going to have to help my unbelief. He says this with tears. What is he saying? He's saying, God, my boy has an issue. We can't leave him at home because he tries to throw himself in the water and kill himself. I can't leave him around the fire because he tries to throw himself into the fire and he tries to end his life. And me and his mom are beside ourselves. And the Lord says this. He, he, he calls the boy. He delivers the boy. He rebukes the spirit. The spirit's gone. And later on, his disciples come to him and they said, how come we couldn't do that? And he, may, he says, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. And many times we take that scripture and it becomes our spiritual motto when we go to try to build our spiritual muscles up in the spiritual gym. I'm going to fast more. I'm going to pray more. And I am going to have more spiritual power, more spiritual authority. Check these guns out. I hate the gym. You can look at me and tell I don't like the gym. Fasting and prayer were not designed to be your spiritual workout routine. What he was trying to tell his disciples, fasting and prayer kill flesh. What he was trying to get them to understand is there are some issues that you're going to deal with in life that require nail prints to touch. I need your flesh out of the way because I've got to minister to an issue. Because if I don't touch it, it seems hopeless. The mom and dad had done exactly what this little lady had done. They had spent themselves trying to fix the issue. So here's this little lady. She spent herself. She's withdrawn in herself. In her society, she's labeled. And she so desperately wants a change. That she hears that Jesus is coming by. And she makes this declaration. If I can but touch the hem of his garment. This is a big thing. This is not, well, 
I'm going to try to be as inconspicuous as I can be so that I can get to him. There's, I've looked at this several different ways, and I've come to realize that what she did was pretty, pretty unique. She made up in her mind, I'm going to go from where I'm at to where he is. Now, how are we going to deal with an issue? How are we going to overcome an issue? The first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to come out of being withdrawn. She said, if I stay where I'm at, if I keep living like I'm living, it never changes. It's never going to get fixed. So I'm going to go to where he is. Well, I don't want to go where he's at. I don't want to have to find a place and pray. I don't want people thinking bad of me. I don't want people thinking ill of me. Listen to me very carefully. No one is exempt from an issue. At some point in everyone's life, you're going to have to make the decision, I'm either going to live with this and it's going to continue to isolate me, continue to put me in a place of of being withdrawn, and I'm going to continually live in guilt and shame and, and, and the embarrassment of this, or I swallow my pride and I go where he is. I'm going where Jesus is. I'm going to go and I'm going to see him. So the first step that she makes is she goes where he's at. I've got great news for you. You've made the first step this morning. You're here. You're here. Doesn't matter what you're facing. Hear me doesn't matter what you have, that is your issue. I'm not here to dissect your past. I'm not here to dive into your present. That's not my job. Thankfully, just like this little woman, God is pretty discreet in dealing with that. That's between you and him. What he does require is that I come to him. She had to go where he was. I've got to make my way to him. Many, many times, if you look through Scripture, people that were touched, that were healed, very few instances he passes by and and he goes to them. More often than not, they make their way to Jesus. Even a man that was bound, the Bible said, with a legion of spirits, could not stay. They could not keep him in the tombs when Jesus showed up. He went to where Jesus was. You know what that tells me? That tells me that yes, it may be bad and what you're facing may be dark, but it cannot keep you from him. If you desire that you're going to go and I'm going to find Jesus and we're going to take care of the issue, the problem is not big enough to stop you from getting to where he's at. 
but it's uncomfortable. But it's painful. But it hurts my pride. Okay? That only stops you if you let it stop you. But when you make up your mind, something's got to change. I'm spent. I've tried it all. I've done everything I can to fix it. I can't fix it. I am going to Jesus. It cannot hold you back. She said, I'm going to make my way to where he's at. I'm going to find him. And when I get there, perhaps it was weakness from her condition. Perhaps it was shame. I somehow believe that because she's been labeled as unclean by society and there's a stigma and a label on her, she probably didn't want to draw any more attention to herself than, than, than she knew would be drawn to her. So she made this declaration, I'll go where he's at and then I'll touch him. And if I can touch him, I'm going to be made whole. See, many times we have this preconceived idea. I've got I've to go and I've got to air myself out. And you do have to open yourself up to repentance. But notice how the miracle came. She said, I'm going to go where he's at. And then I'm simply going to touch him. Hear me this morning. Five minutes of allowing him to touch your situation can change your whole world from here on out. I don't know why I said that, but I feel that so strong. You give him five minutes of you letting him touch your life sincerely. God, here it is. Here I am. Here's the issue. And it can turn your world upside down for the rest of your life. I don't know about you. That's a pretty good trade-off. Give me a few minutes in the presence of the king. Give me a few minutes allowing him to touch me. And I can have a lifetime free of the issue. Yes. So this broken, battered little lady makes her way to where Jesus is. She pushes and makes her way through the press and the crowd. And she makes her way through in and out of everybody that's there. Until she's at the forefront of the crowd. And as he walked by, she just touched him. And the Bible says that instantly it was gone. I know what it's like to deal with issues that cause you to lose sleep, that torment you in the night, that rock your mind in the day. And I can take you to the place right there. It was right here in this house when nobody else was here. Right here where I'm sitting. That I laid it down before God. Wasn't a lengthy thing. 
but I laid it down. And when I got up, it stayed there. Well, I, I just, I can't. I can't be embarrassed like that. I can't go through that. Yeah, but you can't live like you're living. You've spent yourself. You've spent your finances. You've spent your relationships. You've spent everything that you could spend trying to live and cope and overcome an issue. That doesn't budge. It just gets worse. So why not go touch him? Go to where he's at. Touch him and let him take it. Some pretty cool things happen. She gets to where he, Jesus is. Jesus walks by. She touches the hem of his garment. And when she does, she's instantly healed. But then the Lord turns around and he says, Who touched me? Who touched me? See, it's one thing. We many times have this in our mind. I'm going to go there and I'm going to touch him. But God recognized what she did. And God said, who touched me? Lord, there's people all around you. There's people pressing you. There's people reaching out to you. You're like the superstar of this of the city that we're in. Everybody wants to touch you. Everybody's grabbing a hold of you. He said, no, you don't understand. Somebody very specifically touched me. I felt virtue or power flow out of me. There was something that left me and ministered to somebody. Somebody touched me. How amazing is it that the God that's in this house is so concerned with your issues that when you come to him and you reach out and I'm just gonna just gonna try this as you pass by, he stops and he says, Wait a minute, somebody touched me. He knew who touched him. But it was when the little lady said, it was me. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. I just want you to know that I know that it's gone. I just want to take a minute and let you know you're no longer just the person with the issue. I took care of it. I want to come to Him, and I want to feel the touch of Him. But, oh, I want Him to turn around and return and say, I know you touched me, and it's gone. It's gone. You mean to tell me I can go to an altar and I can bow my knee in a place of repentance? And that everything that I've struggled with in my life can be gone. Yes, 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 yes. That's a pretty bold statement. I know it is, but it's true. It can be gone. 
but I've had this issue for a long time. I've carried this. This is. This has kind of become who I am. Yeah, I know it's kind of become who you are. And God wants to give you a brand new identity. He wants you to be known as the one who no longer has that anymore. Revelations, John says, I saw a host no man could number. They were adorned in white. He says, I ask, who are these? Angel tells him, thou knowest. And he he says, these are they who have been made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of what? Anybody? Their testimony. What is the testimony? Anybody? What's your testimony? It's your test. Testimony comes from the root word, test. They were made overcomers by the blood that was applied. And the test or the issue that they struggled with, they overcame it by the blood of the Lamb. I've come this morning just to tell somebody there's still hope. There's still hope. There's still a brand new lease. There's still a fresh start. There's a clean slate. But it is going to require you coming to where he is and you touching him. And when you do, it's going to change. How's it going to change? Well, my, my, my doctor says that it'll never change. My, 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 my therapist says it will never change. My, ser- my therapist and my doctor say I have to just cope with it. You know, maybe if I, if I keep working harder, if I keep digging harder, it'll change. No. No. You've spent yourself trying to do this. Go to Him. Touch Him. And let Him change it. Five minutes in his presence can change your whole world. Stand with me this morning. We're fixing to pray, and we're going to take a break and come into our main service, but we're just going to reach to him for just one moment. Would you do that with me? Lord, I love you. I thank you for your presence that is in this room, for your spirit that I feel. I'm asking, Lord, that you would touch us today. I'm asking, God, that you would minister in this house. I pray, Lord, that you would touch every life, that you would minister in every situation. I praise you, Lord. I love you. We love you, God. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll come in and start our main service. Thank you so much for being at First Word. It was so good to see you.